So when we talk about the Christian life, when we talk about what it means to be a, a radical disciple of Jesus Christ, it, it involves far, far more than just being people that, well, we think about God when we come together on the first day of the week. Or, or we, we come together and we worship on Sunday or we worship in this place, but, but this is kind of uh, set aside. No, to be the type of disciple that we read about in the New Testament involves us more and more in our life growing, growing to see God and the hand of God in every arena of our life. Growing to see every good thing that we have in our life as actually coming from the Father up above. I want us this morning to begin to talk about the subject of grace. But, but I want us to think about grace maybe in a broader way than we typically would think about grace. You know, so often we're trying to narrow the focus of grace, but, but, this, but this morning I want us to broaden our understanding of grace. Peter would write there in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, he would tell us, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, one of the reasons that you were in Bible class this morning was so that you could grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that you could have a better understanding about who God is. You could have a better understanding of what His revelation reveals to us. Wonderful thing, necessary thing for every one of us. But I want to challenge us this morning and, th and throughout this week to not only grow in our knowledge of God's Word, but for us to grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We, we, we know what grace is, don't we? A at its most basic element, grace is a gift. Grace is a gift that is given to you and to me, not because of anything we have done to deserve it, but in spite of what we deserve. Grace is the foundation of our salvation. But it is so much more than that. I, I, was, I, was, thinking, I was thinking about the life of Jesus. And you remember this early in his life when Jesus was just a young man. And, and, and the Bible tells us that the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. See, when, when we're talking about Jesus, we're, we're not talking about the forgiveness of his sins. We're, we're not talking about his, his being saved from his sins as we so often would think about this, this topic. What does the grace of God being upon him mean? What is it when we think about the grace of God? Ultimately, Ultimately, we see the word grace being, being applied in the Scriptures and throughout our lives to apply to anything and to everything that God gives to us. That's what grace is. If there's something good in your life, we as a people need to acknowledge that this is the grace of God. James said it like this in James 1 and verse 17 when he said, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of, or, or turning. I want you to think in your life about good things. 
What is good in your life right now? And who do you give glory to? I want you to think about, I want you to think about your possessions. I want you to think about, maybe think about your home, maybe think about your car, maybe think about your boat. I don't know. Maybe think about your new shoes. And I want you to ask yourself, who do we glorify for those things? I want us to think about the, 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 the situations that we find ourselves in. Some of them that may be wonderful situations, maybe even some of them that might be difficult situations. I want us to think about the relationships that we have. I, 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 was, I, I was thinking about, uh, about Miss Joanne Albritton, and she's sitting back there with her family. And, and Caitlin, you're, you're able to sit in worship to God this morning, and your grandmother's able to sit there beside you. And Torlene, you're sitting there, and your mama's there beside you. So who's responsible for that? I want us in our minds not just to say this is good, but I want us to say this is the grace of God. That I, I'm, I'm able to, to sit here in this worship assembly with my family, and for all the things that lead us in life to this, to this point, I want to say this is the grace of God. This is God's blessing, even that we can be here this morning. I want you to think about institutions. I want you to think about your, your, your job or your occupation. I want you to think about everything in life, every good gift that you have, everything, everyone, every time that you might look in, at your life and say, this is good. And you ready for your homework? I want you to do that all week long. And every time that you have that thought, I want you to look at those who are with you. I want you to look at, at your family. Hey, I want us to say this over and over. Every time you think this is good, I want you to look at your family, and I want you to say this is the grace of God. Will we do that? Will we do it? I mean, to, to almost to the point of the, of the absurd in our minds. I, I, I've... I've told, I've told you guys before um, about getting that apple pie from Jeff Gill. I told you all that story. You don't remember, you don't remember that story? Well, I'm going to tell it again. It's just the people up front hadn't heard it. But, I, but I'll never forget getting an apple pie from Jeff Gill. And, and it was a deep dish apple pie. It was good, okay? And Jeff could cook, and he must have spent three weeks baking this thing. But... But what took him so long was he wrote a letter with it, okay? So I got the pie, but I also got a letter. And you know, Jeff, it was like three pages long, and it was all about this apple pie. But I'll never forget reading this letter, and he wrote in this letter, he said, I hope that when you take a bite out of this pie, that you taste the goodness of God. And I thought, whoa, that's a lot of pressure on a pie, right? But that just, and if you, if you know Jeff, that's even, I mean, you can just hear the words, right? And, and I just, I thought it was almost silly. But ever since then, I can't stop thinking about it. Not the pie, but the letter. That, that this idea of what, what, what he was trying to say, what, what he was getting that, that sometimes I miss. Man, this is so good. This comes from God. 
for everything else I could say about it. I want to give God glory as one who has given me these things. That's really what grace is. Listen, we, we, we've got to get this. If we're going to understand that, that our salvation is based upon the grace of God, that's, yes, that's given. We're going, to, we're going to push ourselves on this subject as we go forward. But if we're going to get that to the depth that we need to get it, we're going to have to get this on a daily basis. Listen, if it's good in my life, it's there because God has given it to me. God has gifted these things to me. Paul would write to the church at Corinth in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. And you'll remember, he's, well, he's writing there about, about this situation where, where he's trying to raise money. He's trying to raise money for the brethren who, who, are, in, who are in Judea and they're poor. And he's writing to all these, all these Gentile churches. And listen to what he says. He says, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. I'm going to tell you about the grace of God. And what he's going to say is, I'm going to tell you about an opportunity that is put before you to be involved with this, with this amazing work of the Lord's hands. And he calls it the grace of God. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their and their deep poverty abounded in, in, in the riches of their liberality. You, you keep reading, he says in verse 3, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much entreaty for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. You see, there were these people in Macedonia and they didn't have the, some of the physical blessings that everybody else had. They just hadn't had those things. For whatever reason you, you want to say, they didn't. But, but when they heard, hey, we're taking up a collection, and we're taking up a collection for our brethren in this place, and, and the, let us be a part of that. It, it's, it's the privilege to be a part of something special. It's the privilege to be a part of something meaningful. This is the grace of God. God has allowed them to be a part of this. I was talking to Larry and Nikki, and, and, and Haley, Haley's got some, some Invisalign, right? You can't see it under her, under her, under her mask, but she's got, she got, that's what they call braces, all right? They're fancy braces now. And, and you know what Larry and Nikki were saying? I mean, my kids just got out of them, two, both of them, and they were saying, you know, there goes all our money, right? We'll take up a special collection for Larry and Nikki later for Haley's teeth. And, but what a privilege. Not just to say, well, here's another bill to put on top of the bills that we can't pay. I get it. But what a privilege to have a child that, 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 that you can take care of. And you think about the people in this world. You think about the people in this world who would give so much. Maybe even some of the people in this room who would give almost anything to have a child to buy braces for. Right? That's what he's saying about the church here at Corinth. This is a gift. So somebody comes up and, you know what? Man, here comes another missionary. Right? I mean, Jack Farber comes knocking on your door. I mean, come on, everybody knows what you want. Who wants a check, right? 
I was calling somebody the other day, and, and they, they, you know, you think maybe, maybe you can get one of these guys in. You know, why don't you just tell me, uh, maybe we'll just, we'll just send him a check, and he'll save everybody the hassle. I said, that'd be great, send a check, right? But that's, but that's the mentality that we have. You know, come on, we, I mean, a whole month on money and treasures. I thought we talked about that a decade ago. I was good with that. I mean, that's kind of our attitude. But he says, no, this is the grace of God, the privilege to be a part of something special. We're going to have our Lamb Sunday next month. Here's, here's an announcement. I'm about to bestow the grace of God upon you. Are you ready? Challenge for us this year is the same as our challenge every other year. And that's for us to double our contribution. Whatever, whatever you give, however you typically give. I know, I know most, most of you give at least a tenth. I'm asking on that one Sunday that you plan ahead and that you double that. We can do that next month. Is that just, well, that's another thing. I've got to plan for it. Yeah, there's a way in sense that it is. That's why I'm giving you a month to think about it, right? But there's also a sense in, man, it's the privilege. You're going to feed these children. You're going to send those young men to, to school. You're going to lead to people coming to Christ. Who gets to be a part of that? We do. How many congregations would give anything to be, to be a part of, of the mission effort that we have in Latin America? Almost any that I know of. But we have the privilege. That's grace. That's the grace of God. We, you can read more there in 2 Corinthians over in chapter 12. And Paul will talk about, he, he will talk about his thorn in the flesh. And some of you know what it means to have a thorn in the flesh. Don't you? To have these, I mean, just where your body... I'm trying to serve the Lord, and my body seems to be fighting against me. Some of you know what that means all too well. And he pleads with God once. He pleads with God twice. He pleads with God a third time. Every time, maybe even in these three, these three seasons of his life, God, every time, he says, no. I'm not going to take it away, Paul. He said, because, because you need this to keep yourself humble, right? You need this. He didn't know he needed it. He didn't appreciate needing it. But God said, you need it. But, but he doesn't just tell him no. He doesn't just say, nope, not going to take it away. You'd be some pompous preacher if, if, I took the, if, I didn't, if, I did, if you didn't have a thorn in the flesh. So case closed, quit asking. That's not what he said. He said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And all God is saying here is, I'm going to give you what you need to bear this burden. I don't even know exactly what, what that means. But, but this idea of, of the strength and the boldness and the wisdom and, and the commitment that we pray to God for these things. We have not because we ask not. What Jesus would say we don't walk alone through, through these trials of life. It's God's promise. I, I'm not going to take this thing away, but I'll give you what you need. I'll give you what you need. And so many of you who have lived, who have lived more life than others have seen this. I pray that you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to beg that you open your eyes to it. But you've seen God walk with you. 
Even through the valley and the shadow of death, you've seen God walk with you. That's what he's saying to Paul. He says there in Romans 8 and verse 31, So what shall we say? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall will he not also with him freely give us all things? Do we see life that way? Do we see the grace of God that way? You know, when you go home this afternoon and you're, and you're sitting there and you're eating lunch, right? You, I don't know. I don't know what you, maybe you're going out. Maybe there's a pot roast on back, back home. I don't know. But when you're sitting there and you're thinking, this, this, is, this is good. What are you going to say, Thomas? He said, he said I'm, I'm going to look at my kids. I'm going to say, this is the grace of God. I'm just going to tell me if I can... If I can get it about a pot roast, okay, then I'm going to be able to get it when it comes to a things a lot more serious than that. But if I can't even understand it about the simple pleasures of life, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to miss it every time. That's your challenge. There in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, he's talking about the things that cause the body to grow. And one of the things that cause the body to grow is everybody doing their part with all of our differences complementing each other. And listen to what he says there in Ephesians 4 and verse 7. To each one of us, grace was given. What's he talking about? Is he talking about just Jesus on the cross, salvation? No, no that, that's really not really what he's talking about here. Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So where do you get the abilities that you have? You guys have some different abilities, don't you? Shake your head up and down. I mean, there's, there's some stuff that if we had an issue with it, I wouldn't dare call some of you. Right? Right? But there's some stuff, if we had an issue, I'd say, yep, I know who to call about this. We had a water pipe bust and big line over here a couple weeks ago. I'm standing there, I'm looking at it, and you know what I realized? I'm about as useless as could be in this moment. I just went home. Wasn't because I wasn't trying to be helpful, I was trying to get out of the way. I don't know what I'm doing. Who wants to give me a soldering gun and send me 30 feet up in the air? No, that'd be dumb, right? But you know what? I mean, when it came time for the, for the funeral service, all of a sudden, everybody else was headed for the door, and I had to come up front. We're different. Who made us that way? Charles, Tr Tr Charles he, he, don't, he was back there taking care of the pipe. I know he don't want to preach the funeral sermon. We're different. Who made us different? God did. God did. To understand, to look at yourself and to say, Here the, here's the ways that God has blessed me. So some of you are, are so wonderful at teaching, and, and some, some of you would, will never teach, and that's okay. So some of you are great encouragers, and you can build people up, and you can make people excited and make them want to run through a wall. And, and, and listen, quite, quite honestly, there, there are some folks in this room, you try to give a compliment, and you insult people. Right? 
Who made you that way? To understand I am what I am. Not because of what I am. And I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, not, not trying to improve and to gain knowledge. None of that. I'm talking about the things that make you unique. This is the grace of God. This is the grace of God. Peter would say it like this in 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You see that? However God has blessed you, use that to serve one another. This is about taking the thing, the steward, the thing that God has, that God has, and he's put it in your hands, and he said, now you go out there and you manage it, because I've given you this grace. I'm going to tell you, I mean, I, 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 can, I can lead singing, right? I'm not a bad song leader. I can't lead singing like Spam Broom. I mean, I, maybe if I worked real hard at it. What do you think, Thomas? Maybe if I came to Lazy Leaders, you could make me as good of a song leader as Spin? No, you ain't that good of a coach, right? But I mean, but, I mean that's just not going to happen. I mean, we're talking about some God-given stuff. And, and we're not talking about this just to say, well, I could never do, I could never do that, there, so therefore I do nothing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about looking at myself and saying, you know, I think God might have blessed me in this way. Now I'm going to use this for His glory. This is God's grace. This is God's grace. So some, some of you guys are good. You're so good with numbers, and you'll do stuff in your head, and, and, and you may not know what I'm talking about, but all of us, all the rest of us have had these conversations. Like, how did they do that in their head? Right? You know how they did that in their head? Grace. God made them that way. Is, is that true? I mean, these, I mean, you know, the athletic freaks. I mean, LeBron James. Who, who, how'd, LeBron James. I'm, I'm sure that's a seriously hard-working man, okay? But I'm going to tell you that it's got a lot more to do with God than it has to do with anything else. I mean, God made him that way. I can, I can practice my jumping all day long. I don't never dunk a basketball, even though I'm tall. And they'll say, can't you jump any higher than that? No, I can't, okay? But it's that acknowledgement. So what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Winning championships. I see stuff like that, and I think, what a waste. What a waste. There's nothing wrong with winning an NBA championship, is there? No. It would be a pretty great, pretty cool thing to do. But if that's the pinnacle of what I'm doing with, with, with the unique special gifts that God has given to me, what a waste. Live your whole life. Win every, win every NFL, NBA championship that, that there ever has been and lose your soul and you have profited nothing. Do we believe that? I'm just too busy using my talents over here to use my talents for the Lord. What a shame. That's not good stewardship. That's failing to understand the only reason that I have this ability in the first place is because of God. Remember, we talked about that in Deuteronomy. We talked about our treasures and the Israelites coming in. And he said, don't forget about God. He's the one who's giving you the power to make wealth. You have this ability to work with your hands. Who gave you the ability to work with your hands? God. You have this ability to think through complex problems. Who gave you that ability? 
You have an ability to talk to a wall? Who gave you that ability? You have this ability to comfort and to soothe? Who gave you that ability? You have this ability to exhort one another? Who gave you that ability? I mean, we ask the questions, right? Who gave you these things? God did. This is about grace. Peter says that we are to grow. We are to grow in regards to grace and the knowledge of God. Paul said it like this, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, I look at everything in my life. You know, I think the older you get, the more you tend just to think about your life, don't you? 40, I'm 42, fess up to it. But the older I get, the more I think about all the things that have happened, experiences and things that have led here and things that have led there and conversations and situations. And I mean, it's just this, this totality of reflection that, have, that lead us to the place that we are today. I hope you're having those thoughts if you're, if you're 15. I hope you're having those thoughts if you're 85. Paul says, when I think about my life, I am what I am by the grace of God. Let me tell you something. That goes all the way from being able to, in Paul's case, to be a great student of God's Word, all the way from the things that you'll accomplish in your life, all the way to being able to call yourself a child, a child of God by His grace. That gift of salvation. And I'll tell you this, and His grace towards me was not in vain. God didn't try to help me, and I said, no, I don't need your help. God didn't give me an ability that, that I said, I think I'm going to use this all on myself, then use it on you. God didn't give me gifts and, and pleasures in this world that I recognize as pleasures of this world, but never praised Him for. God didn't send His Son to shed His blood on the cross for nothing. His grace, His grace towards me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. It is that challenge. It is that opportunity. It is that privilege. Don't forget about your homework this week, okay? Young people, don't let your parents forget about the homework this week. If there's something good, pleasurable in your life, I want you to look at them and I want you to say, this is the grace of God. That's going to be the vehicle that's going to lead us to talk about the greatest gift that our God blesses us with. Friends, if you are here this morning, I want you to know that, that God loves you. And those are not just words. God loves you. And God is grieved when He cannot be with you. God is grieved by sin that rules our world and that rules our lives at times. And that He paid a greater price than anyone has ever paid so that we might have a great, the greatest gift that has ever been given. And so he invites you to come and walk with him. 
Friends, if you are here this morning and you are outside of Christ, if you're here this morning and you've never repented of your sins, you've never been immersed for the remission of your sins, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know what the rationale is. don't know what in the world is keeping you from it. But I'm telling you, don't, don't forsake the gift that He's giving to you. You may be here this morning as one who needs to repent. You may be here this morning as someone who just needs the prayers of the church. There's a lot going on in this world. But whatever's going on in this world, may we always know that there is a God who is greater and who cares for us. And He says to come. You come as we stand and as we sing.